and welcome back to another edition of Wrestling Is Trash, a nonsensical podcast where we talk about professional wrestling, past, present, and quite possibly the future. Uh, a couple of things before we get into the show, you can follow us on social media at Wrestling Is Trash on Instagram, Wrestling Be Trash on Twitter. And you can find every episode and that uh, mysterious call that just flew by the microphone on uh, wrestlingistrash.com. Uh, joining me are some returning guests. We got a fatal four-way going on tonight. It's myself joined by the main man, Mike, main event swerve, and Josh Baroni, and the king himself, King Ajar. How are all of you gentlemen doing this evening? Oh, it could be better. <laughs> yes, we all could be better, especially you. You you got your um, Facebook account yeah, hacked by fucked, Russian yeah, bots. My, yeah, my shit's all fucked up. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Ajar coming in fresh off the, the pedicure and everything, so he's, his feet are silky smooth and sliding across the floor. Pedi- pedicure, manicure. You, you got to take care of your feet and your hands. Like, I, it's 2019. You... Trusty, crusty feet, not a good look. So, yeah, so, I, I, and, yeah, I try to keep my my feet and my my nail my toenails done because I don't like them getting snagged up on my my bed sheets and whatnot. And tomorrow I'm getting my facial. <laughs> so many ways we can go. Hey, with I, that. Have, I always tell people like, you know, people are like, oh, that's such a. I don't want to say feminine thing or whatever. And I'm like, you know, your favorite athletes, all of them, they do this stuff. All of them. Of course. Especially if you're yeah, on TV so. and everything. I mean, that's why I do a podcast, a uh, nine video, because I, I have a face for radio. So there you go. <laughs> 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 but um, we got a couple of things to get into. Uh, we didn't have an episode last week. I don't give a fuck. But uh, w- what I'm doing for this thing is uh, whenever we have the time to talk some professional wrestling or whatever i just chop it up and uh put it out there because you know i was trying to do the thing of every monday and all this other stuff or whatever but i'm just like i'm gonna get it as i'm gonna put it out as i get it because if i don't it's gonna be uh some shit in limbo just like these other three episodes that we recorded that never aired and shit so yeah (laughs) but um there was a couple things uh floating around uh, one, um, a lot of people talking about Extreme Rules being an extremely good WWE pay-per-view. We also had a, f- a Fight for the Fallen and uh, the Evolved 10-year anniversary show. And the G1 has also kicked off in full force. So I'm getting to see um, the John Moxley uh, with all these interesting New Japan matchups and everything. Um, the three gentlemen that I have with me here now, have any of you been keeping up with the G1 or just kind of tracking it via social media? Uh, yeah, actually, I have watched some of the G1. I have not watched all, but I know the results. But, oh, my goodness. Uh, it was an Osprey, Osprey match that was really good. I can't remember. I think did he fight. Who did he fight? Oh, my God. I know in the, my mind. I know the first round that he fought um, – Lance Archer, and it was a pretty good match. Yeah, Lance Archer, that's it. That's the match I'm talking about. And, you know, it's kind of amazing to look at the transformation of Moxley. Like, Mm -hmm. he literally was, like, going through the motions in WWE for however long, and then he goes, you know, gets out of that prison, as he calls it, and now he's, like, 
having these great matches all over, doing different kinds of matches. His character has more edge. It's kind of cool to see. Um, but I also think that it, that won't work for everybody. Like, so everybody thinks, oh, if this person leaves you know, WWE, they're just going to be this big star. And I don't know if it's going to work for everybody. So I think a lot of people are going to are going to fall on their face trying to do that. But we'll see. Okay. I, I, I enjoy the G1. It's a great tournament. Now, uh, Mike, I have a question for you and um, to kind of go off of what AJR was saying. Uh, people leaving the WWE to find uh, success on the independent venue and maybe even AEW. If Rusev was to leave and uh, strike out on independence and wherever else, uh, where do you think would be the best fit for him? Oh, that's a good question because, you know, I, we've seen some really good examples of people succeeding in other places. I think Sean Spears has been a great surprise, to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah, Ty Dellinger thinks he's going to be a star somewhere else. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. But I think he's really landed in a, you know, an important place. And I think that, you know, he's kind of like in a premier position right now, even though he's not Cody, he's not, you know, top champion or anything like that. He's having some big moments. But I would say Rusev would be best in either AEW or possibly impact. And the reason I say that is because with impact, it's kind of like a smaller, you know, smaller venue. It's more true to form house shows. Let's say you might have 300 to 500 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so he can make it seem like a, a bigger deal. You know, I think he's a big guy and he could square up and fight guys like Moose and I don't know, Killer Cross if he stays and, you know, other people, other people like that, you know, like really big guys that, that can, you know, kind of be in anything from like a hoss fight, so to speak, mm-hmm. to a really agile match where he's able to showcase the super tick and running across the ring and even select amount of promos. You can decide sort of how to package him and how to present him. And I say AEW just because it seems like they give him such creative freedom. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the backstory is on that and who gets to do what in promos and, you know, if there's match production and all those kinds of things. But I will say that I like Rusev when he's able to kind of showcase his abilities and his talents beyond just telegraphing moves, okay? So Adrian was talking about John Moxley and how it's been this great transformation. And I agree. If you go back and watch Dean Ambrose matches from, like, let's say, six months ago to a year ago, you can telegraph it pretty much. You could turn off the commentary and see he's going to do that slingshot clothesline. He's going to do an elbow drop here. He's going to throw him into the turnbuckle there. It may even be communicated, and then he's going to, like, slide around in the ring, and then he'll eventually do dirty deeds to make some kind of growly faces at the camera. And I feel like the same has kind of happened with Rusev, okay? But I don't remember exactly the pay-per-view, but when he had the Hell in a Cell match, I mean, it was Hell in a Cell, but I don't remember what year, with Roman Reigns, uh, that was that was tremendous, you know? And we're talking about uh, him being able to go all over the place and do unique things he hadn't done. That's what I see him doing in AEW is just flourishing on his own, being able to have more creative freedom. And I think really popping the crowd since you're not looking to pop 20,000 people a week, you know, I think it'll make a big difference at least in the early going. Okay. Um, to pass the root Seth baton a little bit, uh, Josh, if Rusev leaves WWE and strikes out on his own, do you think he will take Lana with him or she will go with him? Oh yeah, de- definitely. Whether, whether it be, you know, AEW or Impact, um, she's just so good on the mic and just hits everything from gimmick to, you know, just, you know, her sex appeal and everything would add to him in every way possible. I mean, he's, he's okay on his own, 
Mm-hmm. It's just uh, some some people are just better with managers. Like um, I can't really envision Andrade without Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, but she just adds that extra little, you know, spice. I guess you can say to his overall gimmick, his character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I can I could definitely see him in AEW. Um, even even New Japan, like uh, it's someone like Jeff Cobb would be really cool. Yeah. Or Okada. Um, yeah, but he, he definitely needs to get out of WWE. Even if, even with, you know, Bischoff and Heyman taking over, uh, I still don't see him going anywhere in WWE just because, you know, the whether, whether it be the writing or just Vince not, you know, fully behind him 100%, he's just not, he's never going to go anywhere. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um, to go off your point about um, adding a little something to somebody or whatnot, you know, a valet or some t- form of manager. Ajar, um, who do you think on yep. the WWE roster as of current would benefit from having a, a valet or a manager of some sort? That's a great question. So I have always wanted to see Alexa Bliss manage Braun Strowman. Yeah, and that was kind of cool because so, um, that's when they did the first mismatch challenge. They were teammates and everything, and they had a good chemistry. They were, yeah, they were team little big. So I want to see that pairing for sure. I've always felt like I want to see a woman's heel stable. And if it's going to be the four horsewomen of, of MMA, I want to see Paul Heyman manage them. If it's going to be the WWE four horsewomen, I want to see uh, Paul Heyman manage them. I actually think that, and I love managers. I grew up where some of my favorite characters in wrestling were managers for the longest time. Like my all-time favorite performer after Macho Man is Bobby Heenan. Mm -hmm. So I love managers. But here's what I will say, though. It doesn't always work. Look at Paige and the Kabuki Warriors. That's been a disaster. Mm -hmm. And it's because Paige... Is like, it's like she's, I liked like three, four word Oscar. Like she was a badass. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, eh, you know, Paige is talking for her. <laughs> I really don't feel the edge anymore. But, um, okay, so I have a couple. So Braun Strowman is definitely at the top of my list. But the other person who needs a heel manager, and I think Zelina Vega should manage this person even more than Andrade, is Bobby Lashley. Now think of Zelina Vega managing Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic because Bobby Lashley has everything you could ask for out of a professional wrestler. Like he has the look, he has the athletic background. He, you know, everything he does looks like it hurts, but he sucks. Like to me, his promos suck and he's boring. Mm-hmm. But you they give do. him Zelina Vega, whoo! You give Zelina Vega coming out where she's like the bounty hunter and they're just killing people. Like the way he killed Ray Mysterio. Like imagine, you know, Zelina Vega saying, you know what, Ray, I got the watch on. He's going to beat you in two minutes. Watch. And he does it. That would be great. Um, and then the last one I have, and I know people aren't going to want to hear this, but I think Cesaro needs a manager. And I thought some of his best work was when him and Zach, or sorry, um, Jack Swagger were were with Zeb Coulter. Yeah. I think Cesaro needs a manager, too. So I would say Braun Strowman, heel. Bobby Lashley, for sure. Cesaro. Those would be my three um, wrestlers who need a manager. 
word. Um, Mike was talking a little bit about uh, AEW and um, how they go about doing the uh, segments and promos and all kind of stuff. I just heard the um, Darby Allen interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet, former guest of the Random Rounds of Raw podcast. And um, one, Darby Allen is a interesting character in his own right to say the least now i ain't talking about the on screen i'm just talking about from this interview i mean he's just like a, a, a intriguing individual but um just like he said in that interview and um what john moxley said in some of his uh previous interviews they don't uh tell them what to do they pretty much say hey you want to shoot a promo go ahead and shoot the promo because uh the darby allen package that they did for a fight for the fallen i believe he said he just did it himself he showed up he freaking um had his camera and he said what he had to say he gave it to them and that was it so they do give them that creative control but my question to all three of you is when you do things like that given the various calibers of talent and um amount of talent they're going to employ here in the future do you think that's going to be a good thing or ultimately they're going to have to start reining it in a little bit and kind of giving everybody bullet points? Uh, it can be a combination of like both. Um, honestly, it could be a good, good and bad thing. Uh, cause there's a lot of people, a lot of talent that can't talk. So in that situation, you're going to get a shitty promo. <laughs> so, um, you know, for those, for those that can talk and are good on the mic, let them have creative freedom, but for you know the people like, like I would say Jungle Boy, uh, you know I, I know him personally. He can't talk on the mic. He's never been able to talk on the mic. Um, something like that. He's gonna need someone to write his promo for him. Um, but uh, you know, so far so good. I mean, like more power to them. Like everyone has creative freedom. That and that's what most talent want. Want to be in control of their gimmick and character. Mm-hmm. Word. Thoughts from any other the gentleman? Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, I think that um, it can be problematic when it comes to doing a TV product. You know, I definitely understand for the pay-per-views, and the pay-per-views have been differently timed. It seems like one, I think, was three and a half hours. The other was, like, four hours and 15 minutes. Uh, and, of course, that was, you know, the charity show, Fight for the Fallen, and people were tweeting, is Fight for the Fallen still on? You know, that's that's fine. Uh, you know, that, that Raw was doing that, let's say, you know, five years back, they were going over by 10 or 15 minutes and they didn't need network permission because they're like the number one show on TV. And I get that AEW is going to be trying to prove themselves. They're going to be trying to establish themselves. And despite the backing of the cons and everything else, I'm not even talking about running over. That's a whole other issue. But let's say that you have a segment that's, you know, 10 to 15 minutes long and you're trying to get everybody you know, on the card. You're trying to have a really well written produced show. You can't just let guys go and do whatever they want because either A, you're going to have them go over time, um, a la WrestleMania. If you remember, uh, there was a Divas segment, I think, that got cut because Undertaker's match ended up going too long against with Triple H or something of that nature. Undertaker and Punk, I think, is who it was. But in any case, there's that. And the second thing is you run into the risk of too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so you have a situation where you might have the finger poke of doom. You might have people booking their own victories. You might have a clique of people. So it's all elite. You might have Cody, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks deciding that, oh, no, wait, we need to come out and we need to say something. And they just scrap a match in the middle of it or, or who knows what, you know, because the truth be told, they haven't really done a TV product. They have not done a weekly television product. And I just think the game changes so much that it's important for them 
to have some sort of tightness, some sort of, like you were saying, B-Rob, bullet points. That's the best way to go. Give them a time, give them sort of an outcome or a scenario, and then some bullet points about, okay, these are the couple things we want you to get to in terms of angle and storyline, and then boom, you can run with it the way you want, but in 10 minutes, this segment needs to be over. Okay. Cool. Thoughts, Ajar? Yeah, I, I'm against scripted promos. I am 100% against them. I'd like to see these guys and these ladies just have their own personality, turn up the volume like it used to be. Um, you think the horsemen had scripted promos in 87? You think that Macho Man had scripted promos? You think, you know, Hogan had scripted promos? No. Scripted promos are what you give actors. I want this to feel like a sport. So I don't want scripted promos. I think, you know, like, um, of course, I'm going to mention her because I do on every podcast. But when she did, uh, when Sasha said, bitch, what line? See, that wasn't scripted. That just came out. And that's why we felt like that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Because it was real. So I don't care. If you can't talk, then, you know, go to the performance center, take the promo classes, get comfortable, do different takes. You know, you don't have to make everything live TV. Do backstage promos and if it doesn't work then have them redo it but to me that's the biggest problem with wwe scripted promos trash and i hate all of them okay um did anybody catch the evolve show this weekend yes no i I did all right what were your thoughts on that for me personally um never seen a evolve show whatsoever this was my first experience and um it was just weird for me as it is to watch anything new that's not WWE because I mean I've been you've been watching it you've been watching it for so long, so to see something different, it kinda is jarring at first, and that's kinda how it was for me. But um three things that I can tell you that uh grabbed my attention. One, Austin Theory. Two, Shotzi Blackheart. Three that was it. <laughs> so two things, <laughs> two things. Yeah, yeah. The, the vault, the vault show was, you know, it was your typical independent show with, you know, a lot of fans. Uh, Austin Theory has been great mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Uh, actually, it was the first person to book him out here in California. No one else has booked him since. He hasn't been booked for PWG. He hasn't been booked for PCW. I have no idea why. Because uh, he's he's great. He's on his way to WWE. I'd, I'd be shocked if he hasn't signed with WWE within a year. Um, you already know me and Shotzi go way back, and why she hasn't signed, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's been probably one of the top female wrestlers in the world for the last easily year, if not two years. Uh, she puts on great matches, men and women. Um, other than that, yeah, there wasn't really anything from the Raw pay-per-view that really stood out. Um, uh, Brandy Lauren isn't very good. <laughs> is Chelsea would have faced somebody else. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you said um, is. Yeah. I, I didn't. I don't agree with that statement. If you said is, <laughs> no. Oh, uh, yeah. She's she's not. I don't. I don't think she's very good. Uh, this is my personal opinion. But um, yeah. But their their uh, women's roster isn't very large. There's just really not anyone that Chelsea could have faced other than her. I think 
one or one or two other females. But um, yeah, I mean, Evolve is uh, I, I don't know. I guess it's like uh, WWE's minor league. What um, what UPW used to be, and Ohio Valley Wrestling used to be the WWE, kind of like a farm system now. Mm-hmm. From what from the looks of it, where they just pluck talent from there. Um, I mean, they still do with everyone else, but I think I think they're what what's going to happen is every everybody's going to go to Evolve first. And then, you know, NXT and then the main roster from the looks of it. You know, it, it kind of, in a way, uh, evolved to WWE is kind of what, um, was that, uh, OWE is to, uh, AEW. It's just like yeah, this yeah, obscure yeah. thing that I've never heard of. I mean, well, I've heard of Evolve, but like, it's just like, you know, it's not on too many people's radar, so we just going to pull this into us and do something with it you know yeah yeah now um, who else said they seen it the show the Evolve show I thought I, I watched the Evolve show uh, did, did you enjoy Austin I, Theory <laughs> I'm not a woman so <laughs> okay I, I hope not enjoy uh, well no because what I'm saying is I was okay I watched um the AEW show first. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I watched it, um, on my app or on my tablet. And then, you know, a couple hours later, I know while I was trying to go to sleep, I watched the evolve show. And then I was reading my timeline and a lot of the, the, the mutuals that I have on my timeline, the women, you know, let me shout out Nadia, um, a couple others. They were just going crazy over this guy talking about how he could like do anything they he wanted with them and how great he was and how he's so much better looking than Tim Valor. I just saw all this stuff on the timeline. I'm like, okay, who is this guy? And then, you know, I go and I watch it and I'm like, okay, I see why he would appeal to that demographic, but he didn't like do anything for me. Like mm-hmm. there are certain wrestlers who I think can appeal to both audiences. Like I think the rock is one of them. I think stone cold is one of them. Um, I definitely think like Macho Man was like, I know growing up, a lot of the girls I went to, you know, like elementary high school with, they liked Macho Man. They thought he was good looking, but I love Macho Man. He was great. You know, Austin Theory didn't do it for me. Um, the Evolve show, it, it was like an NXT mashup Evolve show to me. It was like, I think I have to watch Evolve without the WWE influence of it uh-huh. and see what I think. All right. Um, another guy that was brought up, or that was on the show, um, featured prominently in the intro and um, in his match later on, uh, Scott Bri- uh, Briggs, whatever. Is it Scott Briggs? What is it? Josh Briggs. Josh Briggs. All right. Is, see, that's yeah, your, that's yeah, your, Briggs, yeah. yeah that, I, I've heard his name many times on the New Age Insiders and um, across the internet or whatever. And I need to tell you that um, aesthetically, just looking at the man, you know, he has something. But he did not do it for me in the ring. You know, I mean, I, I hear people type, touting about him. He's like the best thing since sliced bread. But in this particular instance, my first time seeing eyes on him in a match, did not like it. He's what like a poor man's luchasaurus. A poor man's luchasaurus. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly who he is to me. Uh, I mean, um, to be brutally honest, he, he, that's what he reminds me of. He's like a like a poor man's luchasaurus he's like uh yeah <laughs> i mean um he, he definitely has to develop more definitely has to get a little bit bigger um 
but yeah, he's like he's lacking he's lacking something. I, I don't know what it is, but he's definitely um it's just not it's not all there. He's all he's almost there, but he but he's not. Like I don't know if it's uh I don't know. I don't know if it's look mm. as a whole, like it's gear or what what it is, but yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not really impressed by him at all. Yeah. And then, and then, like I said, this is um, my first time seeing him. This is the only thing I've seen of him other than hearing his name. So, I mean, maybe I just need more footage, more, you know, him doing other things. But, you know, first glance, uh, it's not really doing that for me. So <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, Extreme rules. I heard a lot of people ranting and raving about this uh, before we get into specifics. Um, has everybody here seen the Extreme Rules pay per view? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll just go around the room real quick. Mike, what did you think about it as a whole? I just think it was a really well done show. There wasn't any part that just seemed to drag. There was no part that seemed to lack storyline or lack a point. You know, I think that there was really good energy that was there. I feel like WWE kind of got their butt kicked at least. Uh, in terms of morale when it came to stomping grounds. And I feel like having that 3,000 person attendance and half the arena cordoned off, and it was even chronicled. You guys have got to see this. Uh, I forget exactly where it was on Twitter, but someone posted a picture. I guess they had made the arena in 2K19, and like half of it is just like black curtains. I mean, it's, it's terrible, right? But, anyways, I think that really gave them a kick in the butt they needed. Mm-hmm. And they came back and had what I think is. Uh, at the very least, a B-plus show, if not an A-show. And I would actually say it was an A-show. And I feel like they really just just brought it. And I feel like I was engaged the whole time. You know, it was really, really good and fun to watch. But it didn't turn into a bloodbath. I think, you know, the last man standing match turned out really well. Uh, the women did really well. And I think it was just... And then, of course, the surprise at the end. You know, I think that just got everyone talking. And again... You know, WWE sees, you know, fight for the fallen and there's all these trends in the next day and into this week. All people are talking about is Brock Lesnar and WWE, this, that, and the other. So they succeeded. Word. Uh, what what do you think, Josh? Oh, yeah. It was, it was, I think it was a decent pay-per-view for sure. Uh, probably one of the better pay-per-views of the year as far as, you know, wrestling-wise and everything else. Um, their, their pay-per-views are normally lacking and it seems like a regular, you know, regular episode of Raw, SmackDown, um, I actually found myself like sleeping through most most of their pay per views just because it's just so uh, boring. I don't know, if, you know, it's a combination of just uh, matches we have we already seen and the crowd. The crowd has a lot to do with it. Uh, they they definitely need to stop going to these you know states and cities and towns that um, just have no interest in wrestling. You know, just shitty fans just uh, you know sitting in their seats, not sharing, not do anything, kind of like a like a mine and stuff. Um, you just need to stop going to the cities that they, they don't they don't draw in because it's kind of like pointless and worthless to go. Okay. What about you, AJ? I thought it was the best WWE pay per view all year from top to bottom. I enjoyed every match. I don't think every match was great, but I enjoyed every match. Like they, it entertained me, which is the point of wrestling. What I liked about it is it made the tag team division feel important because, you know, two of the better matches on the show were Usos, Revival, and then the three-way. And, you know, they got something with Otis for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I just liked it. I enjoyed the pay-per-view. It was like an easy watch. I wasn't complaining about it. Um, my only, I only have one little fantasy booking idea that I wish they did, which is Becky takes in the days. She's out. Brock comes out. Brock's about to, you know, attack Seth. Becky comes in crawling, low blows him. Curb stop. One, two, three. Brock loses the cash in, and it really kind of makes Becky get to that next level. But even though when she took the, the end of days, she's still uh, such a badass that she will go near Brock Lesnar and low blow, low blow him to help Seth. That's what I wanted to see out of the ending. But after that, it was a good show. I liked it. Man, I tell you what, so much stuff. I mean, I'll say Extreme Rules was a good pay-per-view. But out of all the things that happened throughout the night, Becky Lynch taking the end of days was like the highlight for me. And I was just like, I, I can remember the whole thing. She came in the ring and I seen Baron reach his hand out. And I was like, he not going to do it. Then he did it. And I was like, I stood up in my living room. I was like, oh, shit. And that was like the most excited I ever got about professional wrestling since Kofi won the belt. <laughs> well, you know, you understand why that happened, right? You do understand why Becky took end of days. Because she's the man. <laughs> well, okay, that's obviously the storyline reason. But I guess from what I've heard, they felt she was cooling off. Like, she's not getting the reaction she used to get at house shows, mm-hmm. live events, pay-per-views, TV. And they felt like get, letting her take the end of days, which is a great-looking finisher, by the way. Oh, yeah. Very safe, And too. then the next night, off out, you know, when you didn't think she'd even be there, it gives her kind of that badass man kind of persona that she had when she was limping, you know, through the Rousey Charlotte stuff. Because really, I mean, I think Lacey Evans might be a star one day, but I think the feud did no favors for anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you guys saw Monday Night Raw. I mean, Natty was, that was the big Becky match at SummerSlam. Natty, I mean, obviously somebody probably knows, but it's like, okay, um, this is kind of what we're getting. Sure. But yeah, overall, Rob thought it was great, um, and I thought that that was the reason why they made her take end of days to get her back some spotlight. Okay, and it, it kind of makes sense because like uh, when it was Roman, 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 what they do to get him over a little bit? They let him spear Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, let, let's address the elephant in the room: Extreme Rules. Motherfucking Roman Reigns and the Undertaker taking on uh fucking McIntyre and goddamn Shane McMahon. I'll tell you what. Everybody was hooting and hollering and ranting and raving about it. It was a good Undertaker match. And to you, I say kiss my ass. <laughs> you wanna know what I was doing? I did watch the pay-per-view. The it was going on in my house. Why when that match came on, I was sitting here playing goddamn Smash Brothers on my Nintendo Switch while the match was going on. I did not lift my eyes to watch it until I heard the bell ring and it was over. So that's how I felt about that. It was only because the Undertaker was in it and he can kiss my ass. There you go. I thought he was great. I thought he, I thought he looked as good as he has in years. 
And that match was really good. I enjoyed it. I thought that was a really good match. And, you know, I mean, that's what people say. Good for them. Kiss my ass. <laughs> and they protected him well. You know, that's that's the thing. I mean, the other guys, the other people in the match, it really allowed him to be protected. And, you know, I think they used Roman a good amount of the time. I was worried they were going to try to make it Undertaker versus Drew McIntyre. Because y'all may not have heard the backstory, but Undertaker apparently chose Drew McIntyre. Like, he wanted to fight Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, we well, got this, you know, big guy. He's a young guy. He's very agile. He can do the claymore. He can, you know, jump off the top rope and do all kinds of stuff. Is the Undertaker going to be able to hang when he struggled with Goldberg? But I think they did all of the things really well um, to mix in Roman's drive-by, to, uh, you know, have the spear take place when it did, to integrate Shane McMahon the way that they did. And here's the thing. I mean, Shane McMahon can go the F home too because I'm, I'm really tired of it. And I just hope that Kevin Owens, all this stuff, it just builds up to something wonderful. We get Shane McMahon the hell out of here after SummerSlam. I really hope so. Okay, but that being said, the way I feel about Shane right now, I think is how B-Rob has felt about Undertaker for like three years. More than that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, man, you know who I really wish you would have picked to go up against? motherfucking WWE Hall of Fame the, the, the fucking retirement wing that's who I wish he would have chose to be his next opponent god damn it <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's just uh, me I'm only one voice or whatever that's just my humble opinion <laughs> I I agree I think all of us like me personally as a fan of the product I agree with you I think um, if the Undertaker's purpose is to is he going to beat you know, new guys, top talent, then I'm not interested. If he's going to stick around to put over somebody, that's one thing. But here's the counter. When you're making six figures a match, Mm -hmm. it's hard to say no. Yeah, and, you know, and to even go with that, this this is just my dislike, me, B-Rob. This is just me. What I'll say to anybody you know, if you're a professional wrestler, whatever, if you feel that you can still do it and daggone is providing for your family, putting food on your plate, clothes on the back, paying your bills and everything. If you feel that you can still do it and you still have something to contribute, are you just being loyal to a company that employed you for years? I have nothing against that, but I don't have to like that shit. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. I mean, I have nothing against that man making his money, doing what he got to do to support him and his family. I have nothing against that whatsoever. But I don't like it, so I will not watch it. There you go. Simple as that. <laughs> Silence. Kiss my ass. <laughs> Wait, B-Rob. Yes. I had a question, though. I had a question, though. So with Undertaker... Let's just say, and this is my vision for it, I could be wrong on this, and maybe it has to be WrestleMania, but if he has a match equally as good, at least, at least equally as good as it was at Extreme Rules at SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. could you guys see that being the end, just to make sure that he goes out on a big stage in a safe, good, positive way, instead of screwing up at WrestleMania? I will be there front and center. You know, I'm not saying physically in the arena, but on the couch or wherever I have access to the, you know, the cast or whatever, I will be there front and center when he says, this is my last motherfucking match. I will be there for that. 
Anything in between? Kiss okay. my ass. <laughs> so I'm, I hate to burst everybody's bubble here, but The Undertaker is sticking around through next WrestleMania. So I, and I the reason he's sticking around is because he got a very lucrative offer from AEW. Okay. And when Vince heard about the offer, that's why I remember he was doing Starcast. You remember that? Yeah. He was him and Kurt Angle. Yeah. In Vegas. Yeah. Him and Kurt yeah. Angle. Yeah. And Vince heard that. Oh my God! My greatest creation is going to go with the FKA Undertaker, formerly known as Gimmick, which by law he can do, and you can't do anything about it. Vince is like, no, I'm backing up the Brinks truck. I got all the money in the world. What do you need, Taker? And he's paying him, and that's why you see Taker. He's more prominent, and he's on Raw, and he's on SmackDown, and he's in feuds. He's going to fight Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam. I mean, I think Drew's going to win that match, which is going to be great for Drew, Mm -hmm. but I think Undertaker's going to be around. Like, I still think we might get Demon versus Taker or Bray Wyatt versus Taker again at WrestleMania. He's going to be around. (laughs) You know, Rob, if you plan on going to Tampa this year, uh, sorry to disappoint you. Beer break. Motherfucker. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) I will... If I know what order the match card is going to be in, I will actively drink until my bladder is at capacity and I will leave and take the longest <laughs> piss ever. The longest piss. And I'll live stream it to show you that I ain't even watching the shit. <laughs> How about that? Now, you know what we should talk about? Tell me. What should we talk about? You know, no, I'll tell you, Rob. You, I, I think, Mike, you're from Houston, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Rob is kind of from that area too. Shouldn't we all be happy that a person who learned to wrestle in the city of Houston is getting her final, her major championship match at SummerSlam, which is Amber Moon? Mm-hmm. Isn't it long overdue that she's in kind of a spotlight match? Yeah, Dallas area. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for but that. But she trained in Houston, though. Yeah, she, da- she trained down here in, in Row. Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, man, absolutely. I'm, I'm um happy for. I mean, I'm not a native Texan or Houstonian or whatever, but I'm still uh, happy that they're getting these opportunities. Um, Sammy Guevara, another one here from Houston. So, I mean, it was cool to mm-hmm. see him uh, doing big things, knowing that he's from this area. So, I'm I'm happy for the both of them, especially Ember Moon, because you're fine as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, if we have, I got to be on Waterfall Mania segment. <laughs> it is. I, I'm not convinced that Charlotte isn't somehow thrown into this match because I mean, it's Charlotte mm-hmm. and she's always in these matches. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like the way Bailey beat her, there is some kind of a rematch down the road. I would like to see Bailey versus Amber moon one-on-one give Charlotte, you know, a break, let her, you know, go after the tag belt or something. I don't know, but I don't know. I just feel like, the Amber Moon Bailey match is not complete because remember Bailey made the match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no official, no, there was no like in ring tournament that Amber Moon won to get it. Like she was her tag partner, and Bailey teased somebody else coming out, and then Amber's the person she picks. And I'm like, okay, so champs can just go around and make their matches now. Like that's not how this works. And especially with the way Charlotte kissed up to... No, but the way Charlotte kissed up to Shane, it feels like that's a story where 
Charlotte's like, hey, Shane, I said all these glowing things about you last week. What do I get out of this? Like, it, it feels like to me that's the story. Because that's the character Charlotte's playing now, which is I'm the entitled, um, spoiled brat. I get what I want. I feel like she's going to be in the match. And honestly, she'll make the match better. I mean, Charlotte's a great wrestler. And I think she'll take, she'll bump like crazy for Amber and Bailey. So I have no problem with her being in the match. I just wanted to see Amber kind of get the spotlight on her own Mm -hmm. um, once. And, you know, I think they have grossly misused Amber since she got called up. I mean, she was like hot when she got called up and they just cooled her off. But they cool everybody off. That's always hot. Well, you know what? And I was, I was going to say this too. Um, when it comes to Charlotte being in the match, I totally can see that. At first, when you were talking about that, I said, really? Like, you know, let's, let's hear this. But actually, yeah, I remember Charlotte's the one who said, you know, how are you going to say this? And she ended up setting up a match with Liv Morgan because of her defense of Shane McMahon. So I definitely can see that, especially guys. I mean, think about it. SummerSlam and WrestleMania are such pay-per-views of retrospect and reflection when it comes to roads that led here, right? So imagine... You have these two of the four horsewomen, and now Bailey's on top, and Charlotte is the one who's kind of chasing. And so you can have a montage that shows the, the growth from NXT all the way to now. And, you know, you'll see all those little kind of darker room full sale matches, uh, you know, as they show footage from there. And it may even show footage from when they were kids. Hell, I don't know. But anyways, uh, it, it'll build up to that. And then, of course, Ember Moon being sort of that next generation or new generation of NXT that came up after them. And it's sort of like, well, it's my turn now, those kinds of things. And they could even show matches, uh, you know, or footage that she had there. But the other thing I wanted to say about that is when we were talking about what champions go around making their own matches now, did you guys find it awkward how Bailey never really said the word you? She never actually acknowledged Ember Moon until she physically turned around and kind of looked at her. She's over here describing the attributes that her opponent should have. And then she basically just kind of pivoted around. And it was almost as if there was like a little bit of a look like, like, yeah, it's you. And she's like, she's like me and Ember acknowledged it almost before Bailey did. And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, did they not just like, did, did they not just sort of, I guess, fail to recognize what was going on there? You know, I mean, I know that, that was, was supposed to build drama, but that was weird to me. But that no, but that was dirty pool, though. They're in Massachusetts. She describes her best friend in every sentence that she's talking about. <gasps> the crowd starts to chant her name. Amber's a black girl. And then she looks at Amber Moon. <laughs> That's what it was, right? If you go back and go back and watch the segment, because I was watching it on mute, and then I went back and I wanted okay. to hear what, what they said. And, you know, Bailey's like, I think it should be somebody who's a great wrestler, who has charisma, who's done so much, you know, for the women's division. And it's in Boston. So the crowd starts to kind of perk up the, the Sasha chance. And then she looks at Amber Moon and says, what do you, and then it's like, and then the crowd's like, huh? They were like confused. They were like, <laughs> oh, we thought the music was going to hit. And look at mom and brother who were in the crowd. And it's just like, somebody sent me the clip from like the fan perspective where she was actually looking at them in the crowd. And I'm like, oh, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to tease the crowd, but it didn't happen. So then I'm wondering, are they teasing the crowd for something down the road? Like, she didn't describe Amber Moon. She was describing her partner. Mm-hmm. If you go back and watch okay. that. I've got to rewatch that. rewatch that now. And it's like, and it was in Boston, too. So that's the other part of it. It was in Worcester, Massachusetts, where that's where she um, trained. 
So it was like, okay. oh, okay, this is there. Like I thought the music was gonna hit, and here we go. And it's like, no, uh, <laughs> no. And and I think it was kind of a letdown um, for that crowd. I'm not saying it's gonna be a letdown for Toronto or leading up to it. My only problem is I don't like when it's two baby faces because they cut the same stupid promo. Well, I really respect Bailey, but I want to win the title. And Bailey's like, I respect Amber, but I'm going to keep this belt. It's like, that's kind of like corny to me. So that's why on the Natty Becky side, I like Natty's promo, Mm -hmm. you know, orange mop, all that stuff. I liked it. And in Toronto, I got to say, I think Natty's going to get more cheers. I think Natty's going to get more of the ovation than Becky does. Yes, because you're from Canada, goddammit. <laughs> right, exactly. But that's but that's good, though, because I kind of feel like it adds to Becky's character where Becky's going to win, and it's like, see, I go into enemy territory, and I'm the man, and I'm this badass, and I can still win. But, man, I, I got to say, like, I'm a fan of what they've done with Bailey. I'm glad it's no Alexa Bliss. I'm glad there's no more. It's not Charlotte, but I still think it's going to be Charlotte. I say though, on the Ross side, I was kind of disappointed. I was really, really hoping it was another really good wrestler whose music would hit and fight Becky. I was, I think Natty was a letdown. And given the options in that match, there wasn't really a good pick. I mean, Nobody wants. I mean, Naomi, Becky. Okay, that I guess that could be okay. Hey, yeah. uh, who's the other? Who's the other three? Oh, are we going to talk about Carmella? that four way? Well, are we going to? Are we going to talk about that four way? I thought we were going to talk about how that somebody was going to convince me that that was good. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it was tolerable. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll do that. Uh, first of all, Naomi should have won. <laughs> then it would have been black girls versus um, the title holders on both shows, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And plus. Yep. I want to see either one of those ladies, the challenges that I just mentioned uh, on either brand on top, if you know what I'm saying. I thought, I thought, <laughs> I will say this. I thought Naomi was the best in that match. Of course. I thought Naomi was the best. No, I mean, I'm talking about like in that ring that night. Uh, I thought Naomi did some moves I haven't seen her do in a while. And I thought she was very crisp. And I thought she was really on her A game. Mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed in that she wasn't like, I, I it could have been Natty versus Naomi at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think the crowd would have maybe reacted a little bit better because, you know, let's call it what it is, man. That the crowds have figured out that Alexa bliss is not a good wrestler. They have, they have figured it out. Like finally, after two and a half painful years of her being in the spotlight, they've kind of figured out she's rest hold. And double and, you know, a summer and a moonsault or, or sorry, a, a bliss flip, whatever it's called, and a right hand injury. DVD. Like that. That's what she is. Yeah, yeah that's what she is. You know, and I'm mean? glad that Long Island of all crowds like turned on her. But yeah, let's, let's talk about that match. Yeah. And before we get too far into it or whatever, um, like how you was talking about earlier um, about valets and managers and everything. Um, when Alexa was hurt and she was doing all the um, promos and the moment of bliss and all that stuff, I thoroughly enjoyed her doing that and not wrestling. I would rather see her do that and hear her do that than have her wrestle. That's just me, though. I think she's a phenomenal script reader. Like, I don't think Alexa Bliss is a good promo. I think she's a good 
orator. Like, a good promo to me is Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. is Samoa Joe. Somebody, somebody who can make me want to buy a ticket to watch them wrestle. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss is phenomenal at reading the script they give her. And she sells it better than anybody else. Like, she takes some really crappy material and makes it sound good. And I thought on Moment of Bliss, that was her strength. Mm-hmm. You know, she's talking about coffee, and she's, like, flirting with the guys and kind of putting the girls down but kind of getting mad at them. Like, yeah, that was that was her wheelhouse. Like, she's really good at that. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that that's where, like, she was going to just stay there. Mm-hmm. But when you sell the merchandise that she sells and you have the guys love her the way they do, they're not going to keep her out of the ring if they can – if they don't, if they don't have to. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I enjoyed Moment of Bliss, but it's much better than her matches. All right. Now here we go. We got the debate. I think um, Mike was saying that this match was good. Adr was saying that it's the opposite. We got a a debate going here. So who's going to strike first? Who's going to bring up to the T before uh, okay. that points? So, so I've been talking about it being good or at least let's say passable like age was saying right and i think i could definitely make an argument for why it's passable and i think that i would go with what age has said to begin with which is the ability and the showcase that naomi put on okay and the thing about it is yeah we saw things like uh things like you know flips from the stairs and she even she even said remember this before she hit the move so i mean she wanted to bring her a game she wanted to show up and show out and i think I think Natty did too. You know, I think Natty did that move where she sort of, she sort of, she does that, uh, I forget what it's called, really is what Charlotte used to do. That was her finisher, natural selection. It's kind of like that. And, but then she, so she does that and then she, and then she like runs across their back pretty much mm-hmm. and then does like a kick move. And really, I would say credit to Joshi Lopez on this pro wrestling transcriptions, uh, because if you look at just the breakdown of the match, it really isn't that many wrestles. Cause I went back and I watched it and yeah, I think Alexa to a degree was exposed. I feel like, I don't know if she was trying to milk the limp. Like, I don't know if she was trying to like, you know, milk the fact that maybe she had had a tough match or something like that. But I think, you know, the night before, but I don't feel like she really brought her best in this. Uh, she did do the insult to injury, which is that backflip into the double knees. Uh, and she did, she, I want to say she did Twisted Bliss, but I forget exactly if she did that. Into but the knees, I there believe. There were some good surprises. What, what's that? I think she did it into a set of knees, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that's what it was. So, I mean, th- there was a lot of just different visual elements. You know, there was Nikki Cross randomly picking up a microphone. There was, uh, you know, Becky Lynch sitting out there. And I think that there was good movements in the match. You know, when, you know, Adrian was originally talking about rest holds, I think about Jinder Mahal and the time that he was WWE champion. And I know guys, it's a, it's a dark time uh, in, in WWE in terms of just that charisma in terms of, you know, the crowd carrying and all that kind of stuff. I enjoyed it, but this wasn't that I, I feel like there was a good amount of movement in the match. I feel like there's a good variety of moves and all of the women in it played the hits. You know, they all had their own, their own moves. Naomi went to the rear view, but got blocked. There was a time where um, I think it was, I think it was Natty went for the, went for the sharpshooter and then like someone turned that into a roll up or no, that's what it was. Someone did a suplex and then Alexa got them and German suplexed them and almost got, almost got a three count on that. So I just think that there was a good variety. And the last thing I would say about this is if we want to talk about two like sort of premier stars in WWE, 
at a pay-per-view level, this is what I was talking about, Bailey versus Alexa. It was this very big, you know, premier match in 2017 at Extreme Rules. It was a kendo stick match. And it was supposed to be like this great thing. And it was supposed to be this idea that, you know, is Bailey going to turn? Is she going to want to pick up a kendo stick? And is she going to be able to use it? And there was so much just standing and staring and walking and all this stuff. To me, that was the boring match. You know, that was a match that had all kinds of potential written on it and was one of the most just boring and just, you know, kind of dull, uh, plain things I had ever seen because all you get is Bailey not using it, the Kendra John Cena not embracing the hate and not using the chair on Kane. <laughs> and Alexa just kind of doing a self-fulfilling prophecy and being bad because she's the bad character and ended up winning, you know, or ended up, you know, pretty much going over her um, at, at the very end of it. So I would just say that it was at least passable for those reasons. Okay. So I think, you know, you talk about the candlestick match and, and I still believe the candlestick match might be the worst women's title match of all time. That was, it was four minutes and it made Bailey look like a chump. So yep. if that's the bar, then I agree. The four way was much better than <laughs> the kendo stick match. If that's the bar we're, we're grading on, you are absolutely right. Because at least somebody came out looking good in the 24 minute four way match. My, my problem with that match was number one, I didn't think it needed to be an elimination match. I think it being an elimination match hurt it more than it helped it. Because when you have those four women in there, they're so diverse a wrestling group that if you mix and match the, the tandem, you might have kept people, you know, entertained, including myself. I liked Carmella in the match. I thought she got taken out way too quickly. The other thing that I didn't understand about that match is it's a four-way elimination match. So in theory, there's no disqualification. Mm -hmm. Why is Nikki Cross not just coming in the ring and beating the crap out of everybody for Alexa Bliss? That's the story that they have been telling me for two months, which is that Nikki Cross does all the work and Alexa gets all the credit. So what would have made real sense to me is just I'm watching this thing and I'm like, Nikki Cross beats Carmella. Nikki Cross beats Naomi. Then Nikki Cross about to beat Natty. And then finally Natty kind of comes back and wins. And that would have really made the heat, you know, appropriate. I also didn't think Nikki picking up the mic helped that match any. I thought that ruined the whole thing. Because it's like, why are you drawing attention to the bad, the bad like, chance? My other problem with that match is that of the four women, only two of them are, in my opinion, two of them are competent enough to have a 20-minute match. That's obviously Naomi and Natalia. And I'm not, look, I know I love Naomi too, but I've never seen her have a great match. I mean, let's just call it what it is. She's never had a great match. She's had a lot of good matches. She's never had a great match. Natty's had a couple of great matches. So to me, it's the wrong group of people to have a 24-minute match. And that was my biggest problem with the match. It's length. If it was quick, like a 13-minute match where they had maybe one commercial break and it was not it was single elimination, I, would have, I think I would have liked it more. My other problem with what Mike said, well, that's not a problem. 
he's correct. Naomi looked great in that match, but always looks great. She did. She didn't. She didn't win. Mm-hmm. Like Naomi was the second person eliminated. So if you at least made Naomi eliminate Carmella, eliminate Bliss, beat up Nikki Cross, then come close against Natty but lose, at least you're building her back up. What did it get her? She lost to Alexa Bliss. Like, I, that didn't do anything for me. I thought Naomi was great until she got eliminated. Then it's like she'll be next week on main event again. And that's my problem. Like, if you're going to at least spotlight Naomi, make her a star. Like, perfect example. And, Mike, you'll appreciate this. You talked about him earlier. What made Kofi Kingston the gauntlet match where he lost? Right? Like, that's yeah. the match where the crowd started to cheer him. And then they could have done the same thing with Naomi. They could have had Naomi just go through everybody and lose at the end, and the crowd felt so bad for her that they really, really wanted, you know, her to win. And so they start chanting Naomi. They start saying, give her opportunities. Like, you could have built something there. I didn't think it accomplished anything. And I think the promo at the end saved it. And then the other thing about it was, Becky looked bored at ringside. Like, she didn't even look like she cared. Like, have Becky on commentary. Oh, all these four women are going to be tough. Like, have her hype it up. I don't know, man. Like, I watched the match back. I try to be objective about it. I thought they all worked hard. I think the chance totally threw Alexa Bliss off. She lost it. I mean, she's not that good to begin with. But when they started, especially when they started to chant, we want Sasha... She, you could tell she was, she was flustered. It bothered her mm-hmm. because I think, you know, that's the one person she doesn't want, you know, any kind of adulation towards. But for me, Naomi looked good. Natty looked good. She always looks um, good. It, it, oh, yes, I, I get it, Rob. Yes, Naomi always looks good. She is a good looking woman. Mm-hmm. But for me, <laughs> it was too long. Mm-hmm. I thought the order of eliminations was too, was jacked up for me. I thought they didn't use Nikki Cross correctly in that match. And quite honestly, I think it was too much Alexa Bliss, like in terms of focus. Like I'm not saying actual wrestling in the ring, but she was like the focus of the match. And, you know, I've kind of, maybe I'm just tired of it because I'm tired of her being the focus in these women's division matches. And she is like one of the worst women's wrestlers on the roster. Like if you were to rank all the women from A to Z, Where's Alexa Bliss? She's probably like in the 30s. Like, is she even as good as Liv Morgan? Is she as good as Sarah Logan? I don't think so. Is she as good as... Okay. Any... If you just go through the women on the roster, and I'm not trying to make turn this into a anti-ballistics, I personally am a fan of hers in terms of how she looks. But every woman on that roster to me has more upside wrestling-wise than Alexa Bliss. Even Nia Jax has had really good wrestling matches. But Alexa Bliss, she has had a tolerable match with Sasha Banks at SummerSlam, and I could have a good match with Sasha. So that's not really an accomplishment in my eyes. (laughs) Like, how could you not have a good match with Charlotte? How could you not have a good match with Becky? Like, Alexa has had... And the only reason she has a really good match with Sasha to me or okay match is because Sasha is a bumping machine. Mm-hmm. And so she sells everything of Alexa's really, really well. But man, 
I'm just, maybe that's why I didn't like the match. Maybe it was Naomi, Natty, Nikki Cross, and Carmella. I would have been like, yeah, that was great. They gave the women 24 minutes. They made a new star. Natty's back. Like, I would have liked it more. I just think, okay, tell me if I'm just analyzing this thing too much. Alexa Bliss lost a title match the night before, and she's getting another one the next night. What's the point? Like, that's a problem. Yeah. To me, so that's 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 my that's why I did not like that match, and most of my anger is is the way it was more centered around Bliss, even though she lost. It felt like the match was about her. Good. So right. That's my case. Josh, any any thoughts? <clears throat> as far as uh, Alexa Bliss is concerned, or just the match in general? I mean, um. The match in general wasn't very good at all. It, it just it just wasn't. Uh, I don't know if they were just rushed out there. Uh, they, they were definitely bothered by the chance. Uh, that, that that's for sure. It affected them a lot. Um, as it would, you know, any performer talent. Um, women's matches in general, like fatal throwaways and triple threats, just from personal experience. Um. They're well behind other good. Even if, even if all four or three, you know, if you have a triple threat match, they're all good. They just uh, they don't turn out very. They don't turn out well. Um, I don't I don't know why that is. It's it just uh, when they're not used to that. And uh, you know, I've spoken to a lot of talent themselves and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of talent don't like doing triple threat matches. They don't like doing three or four ways. Just. It just complicates things for them, you know, more. I'm not, I'm not saying that they can't, you know, can't, can't do that, but, um, they prefer not, not to do triple threats, prefer not to do, you know, three to four ways. I've talked to, you know, B-Boy about, about that. I've talked to multiple other people about that. Um, a lot of people think it's easier and, and it's just, it's not, it's not to, to them or to a lot of talent. It's, it's not, it's not an easier match, it's a more difficult match because, uh, I don't know. Just I don't know if it's more more to remember in the match, or you know, you know what what it, what it really is. It's probably because uh, as far as like why the match itself didn't go very well on uh, what was that Monday Night Raw? Um, I, I just I just don't know because I mean a lot a lot, a lot of them were have worked together before. It's just like it's just a matter of uh, you know the whole fatal four way thing. I just uh. Yeah, so, so something <laughs> just didn't click with, with them. Uh, Bliss, def, you know, Bliss definitely isn't very good. I have to, have to agree with that. You know, she she gets by 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 her looks and everything. You know, kind of like kind of Lacey Evans is getting by by her looks. I, I don't think Lacey Evans is very good. I know others do. I I just don't. I don't see it. I like Lacey Evans. It's because she's a Marine. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Okay, so these streets are on. I mean, uh, you know, some people like Nia Jax. I, I hate Nia Jax. Mm. <laughs> now, um, I mean, no, you already I, know that I, me, me and Chris can't stand Nia Jax. I am, I am not a fan of Nia Jax by any stretch. And I think it was an absolute atrocity that they spent nine months building up to a Nia Jax Alexa Bliss match at WrestleMania when. You know, Sasha, Becky, Bailey are on the Battle Royal on the pre-show. Like, that's an atrocity. Like, they should they should be yeah. put in jail for that if there's wrestling jail. But 
my other thing about, okay, so you talk about four ways and, and it's a good point. Like there's a lot of, four, there's some great four ways in the history of wrestling and, but there are more awful ones than, than great ones. But it all goes back to the participants, right? Cause I mean, I go back and I watch the NXT horsewomen four way. That was fantastic. I mean, yeah, that yeah, was a fantastic, but it's because the level of performer is so much yeah. greater. Like, Carmella has improved a lot. Like yes. I'm not even going to take that away from her. She has worked hard and I like some of the stuff she does in the ring, but you know, it's like, again, you got to know who your, your team is. You got to know what you're putting in out, out there on the ring. And if you know, you're going to ask these women to go 24 minutes, make 13 minutes be Naomi Natty going back and forth. Something that I could, you know, as a viewer, sink my teeth into. But if you're going to tell me a 24-minute story where it's going to be all centered around Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and, you know, the Natty wins at the end and it's kind of not really, it doesn't really make sense. Like, why is, are you showcasing Naomi to lose so quick? Um, you know, maybe I'm hard on it because I have Bliss fatigue and maybe that's, that's real. Like, it, it could be that if you replaced Alexa Bliss with Lacey Evans, I'd have been like, you know what? That was good. That accomplished something. Mm -hmm. But I'm at a point now where they're like Charlotte, everybody gets mad that Charlotte is overpushed and she is no question about it, but at least she can wrestle. At least I'm going to get a good match out of Charlotte. Like I can't take that from her. I cannot take her ability away from her. She is one of the all time great women's wrestlers, but Alexa Bliss, other than her walk to the ring and the perv cameraman who always zooms in on her boobs or her ass, there is nothing there. And I'm a wrestling fan, so I want to see a good match. And people are like, oh, but are you saying you don't, you're not, you don't like the way she... Yeah, she looks great, but there's a lot of good-looking women out there I don't want to see in a wrestling ring. I don't want to see Jennifer Lawrence in a wrestling ring. I don't want to see Scarlett Johansson in a wrestling ring. Like... I want to see professional wrestlers have a good wrestling match. Mm. And Alexa Bliss is not a good professional wrestler, okay. you know? So mm. to me, that's probably why I don't like the match. Probably just because she was such a centerpiece of it. So maybe Mike's right. Like maybe I have to watch the match and just pretend like Bliss wasn't in it <laughs> and then say, Oh, okay. You know what? This was okay. Now, um, <laughs> speaking of asses, Lacey Evans, the whole snafu with the cameraman zooming in uh, on pretty much her anus region, not her butt. That was not a snafu. <laughs> that was not a snafu. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I know it wasn't like a mistake. It was meant to be done, That's but like it was, a, it was just, a, it was the the height of the ring and the angle. It was bad because what that was supposed to do was reveal that she had Seth on her back of her trunks. So, uh. It's just it was just bad angle. I mean, I enjoyed it. Please tell me <laughs> please tell me you guys saw Brock Lesnar staring at it on the, the jumbotron. I did not. I no. missed did that. you guys see that? I, no. I, I, I did not. Like okay, no. when 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 Brock came out on Raw, they were showing highlights while he was in the ring of Extreme Rules, right? Mm -hmm. And they showed, you know, Lacey that shot and they have a reaction shot of Brock staring at it. Like he was just staring at the screen. It was so funny. You, if you go find it on Twitter, I'll, I'll look but it's it up. like, it's so funny. 
Man, just the, uh, yeah. man, and then somebody took the um the little clip from the Death Striding uh, video game that's coming out, and they merged it with that clip. Did y'all see that? No. So basically, no, like, no, no. there's a game called Death Striding or whatever. It got a Norman Reedus as the main character or whatever. But there is a whacked out video game. It's made by the Kojima guy, the one that made all the Metal Gear Solid games. So mm-hmm. there was a clip to where he screams at one point. And the camera goes down his throat and down like the, his lungs and all that stuff into his stomach to where you can see a baby, a fetus. So when they show, they merge that clip with the camera shot of Lacey Evans' ass. So when the camera zooms in on her butt cheeks, it goes down <laughs> like the birth canal and shit and shows the baby fetus. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's I, terrible. Yeah, I'm going to send it to you in the <laughs> chat. It's, it's crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this too. I was blown away that that crowd in Philadelphia was chanting, we want Lesnar twice. Mm. And they cheered when he cashed in. So either that fan base is really, really in, they like the, hey, the champions here once in a while, or they just don't feel Kofi enough. And Seth, and I think we can do a whole podcast on, I feel like Seth's world title reign was absolutely butchered. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I thought they made Seth's whole universal title reign that he was Becky's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. And maybe Seth Rollins is just not a good babyface. Maybe he's just a good heel. I don't know, because he's a great heel. But... Yeah, I mean, they need to watch how they do that shit. You know, I, before they um, is all right. So I gradually found out that they were dating via the internet. You know, there was a picture here saying that you know uh-huh. there was in the same place, there was in the same room, but it wasn't nothing affectionate. That hey, they might be dating, and then gradually those pictures were kind of. Uh, you know, get more intimate. You know, you see them at the concert, they holding hands and shit. Then another one, they hugging. And then now, then they had the one big thing when Becky was getting into it with uh, Beth Phoenix and uh, Edge of them kissing. You know, and then ever since then, it's just been like, I don't like this shit. Keep your business to yourself. And it almost, it almost feels like this was perpetrated just for television. You know, that's how it feels to me. Well, they're yeah. they're moving in to get they moved in together. So I don't I mean, you have to really like your job to say I'll live with this person to be fake, but they have been dating actually since oh when did, let me go back through my uh, okay. They no they've been dating since last they've been dating since last like after Survivor series. Okay. Oh. And the re I mean, okay. They travel together on the road and they do CrossFit together. And that's kind of how the whole connection sparked. Cause remember this, when Becky had to break away from Charlotte, like when they, when they became quote unquote, not friends anymore, they had to also like play that out on the road. So Becky couldn't travel. Like you can't say, Oh, I hate Charlotte and then jump in the car with her. Like that looks stupid. Mm-hmm. So, WWE was very smart that they're like, look, you know, Charlotte has, you know, Andrade. Hey, Becky, you travel with somebody else. 
well, okay, it's wrestling. I mean, these guys, this is how it happens. Like, I think, I really think like the only person who hasn't like, you know, like there are certain women who they, you know, Becky was with the, the UFC guy and then now she's with Seth and she was with that comedian in between there. Um, but yeah, like I think their relationship on screen is atrocious. Like they, they, for a real life couple, they have no chemistry on screen. Exactly. Like no. for, a, for a real life couple who lives together, who interacts with each other every day, who texts each other, they have no chemistry. It's, it's, it's kind of like, and I'm maybe dating myself. So did anybody here watch world-class championship wrestling? No. Bits. Okay. So world-class championship wrestling is out of Texas, Dallas, the Von Ericks, the Freebird. Okay. So Jimmy Garvin, his, his gimmick was gorgeous. Jimmy Garvin. Mm-hmm. And he had a valet named Precious. So Jimmy Garvin, he tells the story that he was looking at what Precious was making every week. Cause somebody, he got like the pay sheet and he's like, wait a minute, this girl is my manager. She's making $1,500 a week. Shit. My wife could do this job. So he brought in his actual wife, Sunshine. And then they did the whole fighting over Jimmy Garvin. But what was funny is Jimmy Garvin and his real life wife never had chemistry like him and Precious did on screen. It's kind of like somebody mentioned it earlier. If tomorrow Zelina Vega was to manage Alistair Black, it wouldn't look right, right? Even though they're husband yeah. and wife. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if Andrade and Charlotte were like all of a sudden a couple on camera, it would look awkward, right? But Zelina Vega and Andrade, like they have great chemistry. Like, they yeah, just definitely. look like they belong together as manager and, and wrestler. And to me, Seth and Betty, this relationship on TV, both of them, they have looking awful. Seth is a, Seth has a shirt, the man's man. That's a, tr- that's awful. Mm-hmm. Who, who thought that was good? And then like the whole, um, Vince Russo tweets, you know, I wish Becky screwed Seth. That would have been great. And Becky goes, I did screw him last night. And it's like, oh, well, that's okay. funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. okay. I mean, Becky, you know, she's clever on Twitter, but like to me, I was telling my wife this, all of the steam of Becky Lynch is like gone for me now. Like, I actually find Bailey the most compelling women's champion in the company. Mm. And that's kind of tough to say because Becky's a lot more charismatic than Bailey. But it's just like her and Seth doing everything together and finishing each other's sentences. And like, it's just awkward. And Seth looks like a loser, too. He, he, like, to me, I want Roman Reigns to get the belt back. Like, give him the belt again. Yeah. No, because, no, no it's still the deal for me, though. What sealed the deal uh, for me uh, on those two was um the Maria promo when she was like, How about me and my bitch take on you and yours or whatever the fuck? And Seth just walked oh, away. Yeah, 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 even Maria. Whatever Maria the fuck Maria. Maria, there you go. It's one of them M motherfuckers. Uh <laughs> Maria saved that whole segment. Yeah. So like she saved that whole segment. Like if she wasn't in that segment, it would have sucked. Yeah. It like, still she sucked. Was fantastic. 
It still sucked because the last word was, oh, y'all done messed up now. What the fuck was that? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> By the way, I, I want to break some news. Tom Cruise just released the Top Gun 2 uh, trailer. Yeah. I let throw that out there. Yeah. You didn't break that, motherfucker. It came out this morning when I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. Okay, I didn't know. Well, you, okay? it's news to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah, not, I I'm, like I'm not. Or two ago, that, that's really it. I'm not excited about it. Not at all. Not at all. Um, before we go, uh, if you could have the Fatal Four match of your choosing, who would it all consist of? I'll go first. It would be Ember Moon, Naomi, and Mandy Rose. Uh, what you got, Mike? <laughs> What's that for? What? Honestly, <laughs> no. That, it's a four way because I'm gonna be in it too. <laughs> oh, dude, dude. <laughs> oh. Current roster only. Wait, what? Current roster only. <laughs> Current roster only. Okay. Um, it have to be Sasha, Ember, and. Honestly, it's just me, guys, and obviously HR wouldn't agree, but I'd say Alexa. Okay, all right. What you got, Josh? Oh, you're, you're, you're talking about a wrestling match. You're talking about in the bedroom. <laughs> it's one in the bedroom. Or, uh, it's one in the same. <laughs> oh, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, and Kathy Kelly. Ooh, I like that. What you got? I like that. Kathy Kelly. What you got, HR? Well, okay. I mean, come on. Obviously, I'm going to pick Sasha, so that's obvious. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me think. So, Sasha Bang, for sure. I think I'm going to have to take Alexa Bliss, just because <laughs> I want to see Alexa and Sasha fight in bed, too. That would be entertaining. Um, so, I have Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, and I am going to surprise everybody with this third one. I'm going to take Io Shirai. Oh, I, I have nothing. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna give you my honor, honorable mention. Uh, Bianca Belair. Um, yeah, I'll take about her too. Yeah, uh, what, what's that girl with the big legs? Uh, Zia Lee or something like that. Zia Lee, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her and goddamn uh, uh, Lacey Evans. There you go. Happy yeah. birthday to me. <laughs> well, we could do the NXT edition show. too. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the kickoff show, B-Rom? Yeah, that's the kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. I like that. And that, that, I think that's a good jumping off point. Uh, gentlemen, uh, before we go, you have any closing words? You got anything you want to throw out there? Uh, I just want to say, you know, good debate. Good debate, HR. You know what I mean? I think, uh, you know, I, I just think that it's one of those things that it just kind of depends on what you were looking for. And I would definitely agree that the chemistry wasn't there. You could have four better people. Obviously we chose almost none of them that were in the match besides Alexa. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just think that, uh, you know, I, I think it was, it was at least passable, but no, not great. And, you know, definitely a lot of the flaws you were saying, I mean, they could definitely improve on those and have a much better match if they had another scenario with that. All right. What you got, Josh? Well, check out Killer Cross against John Moxie at FSW. It's in uh, Las Vegas promotion. I don't live in Vegas myself in California, but um, definitely support that promotion. It was a really good match. AJ? Um, I would just tell everybody 
that I have come to the conclusion that I think the best women's wrestler on the planet right now is Tessa Blanchard. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to agree I, to I, it. I, I, I just, I just, I'm gonna, I am a what have you done for me lately person, and in some cases, like I don't know if she's, you know, I don't think she's peak NXT Sasha 2015 or Charlotte or any of that stuff, but this year, like 2019. She is the best women's wrestler. Like she has, to me, been the most the person I want to see more than anybody else. Word, I'm down for that. Uh, yep. I did have one more thing. I know I'm saying we we closing it down right now, but um, you don't have to answer now. Maybe we can um answer it on Twitter or whatever when this episode comes out. What is the most convoluted finishing move you've ever seen? I only bring that up because. We talk about Evolve and Austin Theory. His damn move, whatever the fuck they call that, that shit look convoluted as fuck. <laughs> he is a one-sided, he double hooks under the arm and under the leg and he flips it and it's like a flatliner. It's just like, it's like Pete Dunne's bitter end times two. It's just some weird, crazy shit that, I don't know, it's not practical at all. But... <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of one offhand, but I mean, I, w- I would tell you that I would just call that the Orange Theory Fitness Program. That just seems like what you call that. Yeah, that shit was like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> also, the most convoluted finishing move. Huh. Yeah. Convoluted. All right, go ahead, Josh. I'm going to think about this before I answer. Hmm. Really can't. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it and uh, thinking of anything off the top of my head. But trying to think of uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, I mean, like, wrestlers do. Yeah, like I said, this this is something you know to, weird to end the show on, but like it gets you thinking. And um, like I said, we can continue on the Twitter once this episode posts. It should be out tonight or. Well, they won't know what tonight is, but <laughs> tonight or tomorrow <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, think about it. And we can have the discussion on Twitter, which you can follow this show on Twitter at Wrestling B Trash. And another topic of discussion that I think we should take to Twitter is the acronym. Well, it's not an acronym, it's just the abbreviation for EBGF. Does anybody know what that stands for? That's Echo Bravo no. Golf Foxtrot. Nobody? Well, here you go. Every no, hold on, hold on, let me see this. Amber? No. Hold on, let me see this. Amber? No. No, no, it's nothing like that. Nothing like that. But it's uh, every black guy's finisher. Does anybody know what the move is that I'm talking about? We'll take that to Twitter. Once this episode comes out, but on behalf of myself, would I get in trouble. Would I? Would I get in trouble if I say white women? <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of myself, King Ajo, Josh Baroni, Swerve, Mike. I bid you a fond adieu, and I see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>